Hello and welcome to episode 212 of Effect, The Case of the Disappearing Slenderman. <laughs> My name is Matthew. And I'm Dave. And um, the, the rather uh, intriguing title is, um, will be, you know, the answer to that will be revealed uh, later on when we have our interview with uh, Dave Whit Whitworth and Tom Murr on Modern Versen, a, uh, a game that they are um, putting together and it's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. So that's the I main... I think, to be fair, it's not a whole game, is it? It's a supplement. That's true. To yeah, you're very Versen. right. Yeah, It's it's a it's a Versen supplement uh, about bringing your Versen games into the modern age. And so we had the mm -hmm. great opportunity to chat to them yesterday and had a really, really fun talk. And that's uh, that's kind of the main, the main event for the episode a bit later on. But first, of course, we've got our... Um, uh, ever-increasing section on the world of gaming, which I seem to recall when we first started doing this was about five minutes long. I think it and was probably nearer ten, but yeah, it was it a lot shorter than it, it currently long. is. It wasn't long, but it's got longer <laughs> and longer, obviously because we're finding more and more things to talk about, or we're becoming even more loquacious than we were at the beginning. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's what we've got lined up for today's show. Um, yeah, and I think to be fair, we are probably just finding more stuff to talk about as our interests and the interests of our audience broaden. Um, yes. I, that's what I like to think. I, I think like so to too, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, we've got no new patrons to thank today, but we'll thank all our existing patrons Indeed. because because of you, we don't have to shave our balls with manst manscaping kit and, um, and take the uh, corporate dollar. Indeed. But I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd like to ex extend that slightly and say all patrons past, present and future, because obviously those those patrons who've been with us in the past, but but aren't anymore yeah. for whatever reason, we still massively appreciate all the support and, uh, and, and love you've given us over the years as it is now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's crack on then. Um, kicking so off. You've got the Pendragon starter set, mate. I have got the Pendragon starter set. I, th I think it was on an episode a few weeks ago where I said I wasn't going to buy the Pendragon starter set. But when it yeah, came but up... We, I regular mean, listeners will know that when you say I'm not going to buy a game, it means eventually you'll buy the game. Not always. There are there are some rare occasions where I, I have resisted the, the temptation. But frankly, as soon as... Um, I think it was our, our friend Mohammed put up the, um, the link on Discord, I just followed mm -hmm. it and bought it there and then um, when it became available in the UK. Which was quicker than I expected, actually. I, I was expecting a much longer wait to um, to get my hands on it. And then it delivered in about three days, and I have it open before me. I Excellent. So you've you've not read it, but you've at least got all the components out. I've got all the components out. It's um, it's uh, uh, three books. One is um, uh, a kind of play. It's a solo adventure. It's played by yourself. Um, you see, this is what Chaosium excel at. They teach the GM the rules learning, by giving them an adventure. Learning the rules by giving the adventure. And I saw it initially and I thought, mm, oh, well, okay, fair enough. But I was I was reading it on the toilet this morning. And <laughs> as, as one does, it's about the only time I get to read stuff these days. Uh, and I started reading through the introduction and it was drawing me in. And yeah. drawing me in very well, actually. So it was a pleasure to read only those few pages. Um, but yeah, it, it, it smells beautiful. Number one test for a good product. It smells great. That's good, especially um, when you're reading it on the toilet. So, especially uh, when you're reading it on the toilet. Yeah. Um, 
I do have a slight bone to pick with a little bit of the artwork, particularly on Which that. Which little bit of the artwork do you want to pick bones well, with? Well, particularly the first, the, the cover of the first book, it's very kind of cartoony in style. And the style is a bit mm. like that, but I think they've really gone for it on this one. So I don't, mm. yeah, yeah. But most of the artwork's fine. But um, but that just put me off slightly. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. And then you've got the second book, is um, kind of the rules and setting stuff. I haven't really had a chance to read it in the, again in great detail yet. I've had a quick flick. It looks lovely. Soft cover books in a, in a box set, which are fine actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I do tend to prefer hardcover, but actually the soft cover is is feels. It's pretty. only a starter set. There'll be I know a it fabulous. Is. Yeah, that's that's um, very true. Deck. That's very true. Uh, it feels nice, and it's quite a lot. I mean, you know, each each book is a, is kind of forty or fifty pages long, if not mm-hmm. a bit longer. So you're getting quite a lot for your starter set. And then you've got a like a, a short campaign in the third book, and um, yeah, and I mean it. It immediately kind of summoned up my Pendragon nostalgia. Um, I I I love so much the trait system that Pendragon uses, as you know. And I've mm-hmm. wanted to try and import something similar into other games, um, but I haven't quite managed it successfully yet. But it's just great, and I, I just yeah. you know I remember it. You know, it says in the book. You know, the trait system does drive role playing. You know, I'm 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 summarizing, but uh, yeah, it doesn't say it, exactly those words. You're but saying. it really does. But it really does. And yeah, I'm I it, yeah. What what can I say? I love Pendragon, and this book hasn't the starter set so far hasn't disappointed me. So and it uh, comes with dice, does it? It does come with dice. You get a you know a nice shiny d20 and and half a dozen d6s. Um, which is all you need. Um, all, so all hold need. on, shiny, shiny as in golden, like a like a king would have, or <laughs> or, or yellow plastic. Um, kind of yellow plastic, but it's nice shiny yellow plastic. Sort so, of pearlescent yellow plastic. Yeah, and they're nice. They're nice dice. They're not. They're not out of this world, okay. but they're perfectly. I haven't. I haven't rolled them yet. I haven't even taken them out of their little bag, which I will do live on the show. Excellent, because everybody once, can then have a look at you taking them out of this bag. Once I can, so once we I can on open. YouTube, which it's we're only. not. So my, it's a it's a very nice blue shiny blue D twenty, for which I oh, blue D twenty ah not yellow plastic at all. So but, but it's yeah, the D six is a yellow. The D, the D twenty oh. blue. I rolled a one. That seems appropriate. Excellent, and that's good. I think that's a success. Uh, it is it? a success. Yep. Yeah. One thing, one thing I noticed, and I, I don't know if this is the same as uh, the, the, the the version we've been playing the for all these years, um, but one of the things I immediately noticed was it said that traits like um, my old characters hate Saxon traits can mm. be pl- can be used to get a bonus once per session or maybe twice or two or three times per session, not mm-hmm. every time, which is what <laughs> which is what I had. So every time my character Gorthin who really hated Saxons, like 19 yeah. out of 20 hated Saxons. Every bloody combat roll was every, a trick every, roll first. Yeah. How much do I hate this Saxon? Oh, I hate him a lot. I really <laughs> fucking hate him. And then I got a huge bonus, which usually meant I cut the bastard in half, which was wonderful, yeah. which was great. But perhaps, I don't know if they've changed that rule for the new version of Pendragon, because that was a bit OP. Because he was a fucking slaying barbarian monster, you know, yeah. um, with that with that bonus. Which is fine. I loved it. I love hacking my way through through reams and reams of Saxon dogs, and that was great. 
Um, yes. But yeah, so anyway, if, if we had played it under the new rules, I would only be able to use that opportunity sparingly, which is probably not a <laughs> bad idea. Probably for the best. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, do these dice have any custom faces or are they simply numbered dice? No, simply numbered dice. Um, cool. <laughs> I do like the fact, slightly unnecessarily, on a D6, they felt they needed to put a line under the six to show which way up it was. Because <laughs> you can't, you want to confuse it with a nine. On it, only goes you might easily roll a nine on you. Six, yeah. So um, it's, it seems slightly yeah. unnecessary, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't spoil the uh, the the aesthetic dynamic of the dice. So. But it's good. Yeah, it's a lovely just... it's a lovely little set. The box set feels really nice and compact. And um, you know, in a little while, I'll be able to give a better kind of summary of. Uh, of how the um, I do like the pre-gen characters as well. They're nicely done, mm-hmm. um, in a almost little booklet style. Yeah, where you have a picture on the front, and then you kind of fold out the back page into a double A four front page and double A four back page. It's nice. It looks good. Um, yeah, I'm excellent. I'm, I'm not disappointed. Good. No, no. I, I, I generally like the quality and the the intent of starter sets, where they really do seem to be focused on teaching you to play the game. Yeah. And as a you know, as opposed to starter sets, which I think freely can be um, found guilty of this one. They produce a starter set that is, you're an experienced role player. Have a go in this world, and. Um, and yeah, so they don't really teach you how to play the game. It's just like a mini well. mini me of the main game. Yeah, and when it's just the mini me of the main game, I'd rather just have the main game personally. Although you yeah. know, I mean, in these box sets, you do get quite a lot. They do tend to be pretty good value for the for the mm. products you're buying for the amount of thing you know with all the the accessories and stuff. Yeah, if you were to buy the dice alone, they would cost only a few quid less than a starter set. So yeah. you might as well have the rest with it. Let's move on though. Uh, we're not all about. Oh yeah, uh, connected to Pendragon. Oh, yeah. Chaosium have also announced, uh, along with the launch of uh, this in retail, that in November they'll be producing their first bit of Pendragon fiction, Mm. which is a novel called Arthur the Soldier. Mm -hmm. Now, I've read some of Arthur the Soldier um, because it's by a mate of mine, Chris Gidlow. So Uh, near a publication, I reckon we'll have to get him on board to talk about it. So have you been have you been like proofreading it and stuff for him? Oh no, I haven't. I haven't by any means read it all. Okay, but he used to share extracts as he was writing it. So okay, I've cool. seen very much first drafts. Um, well, I think Chaosium will have will have done the proper editing job, which um, which knowing Chris's verbosity may well be a good idea. <laughs> so I think Chris um, Chris is a, a professional author then. Then and. He is a Renaissance man uh, in in truly the word. Let me let me tell you a thing that he's been doing for the last couple of years. He wants to play the new well, not new now two years old Chaosium supplement about Berlin, but not until he's learned German. Right. Okay. So now he has learned German and he's ready to start playing Berlin. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I admire his his dedication to the task. Sure. Yes. Wow. Um. And he also created an old Chaosium game, which I think they're going to relaunch at some point. But years ago, they produced a game called Credo, which is the game of the uh, Treaty of Nicaea, effectively. Uh, you are competing branches of the early Christian church 
arguing right. that your view of God is the one that everybody should have. Is it a holy trinity? Is it one person? Is it the son? All these okay. things are in there and were in there. And, he, and he's a very clever man. You know, obviously he went to Oxford. Um, I, I, hilariously, he was um, uh, one of the first members of his college's women's committee because his college, while he was there, were going to have female students for the first time and had to prepare for that. And so he set up a women's committee okay. entirely of male students because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any female students to have. Right, so, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, cra crazy stuff. Lots of stories that Chris can tell. Uh, and a bit of a his general historian and polymath, I think is the best way to say. But he's also written academic works on the history, well, where history coincides with the, with the myths of Arthur. So um, right, okay. he knows his Arthur like the back of his hand. Right, okay. And cool. I'm hoping for a really quite Dark Ages uh, version Feel. of Arthur out of this right. novel. Yeah, cool. Because that that would appeal to me. I mean, I you know I've done a bit of research into into the periods. Um, you know, not actually less so on the Arthurian side. Actually, more on the sort of the historical side. So I'd be yeah. really interested in a book that was leaning more that way than the mythological, the, yeah, you know, side of things. Cool. So cool. We'll look forward to that coming so out in do, November. Do we, we'll probably talk about it again before then. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. November. Look forward to that one. Um. Now, uh, this this one is really for our patrons uh, more than you or I, but I don't think either of us ever expressed an interest in the laundry files. But um, that was a sort of modern, slightly comedic, called a Cthulhu-derived set of novels in fact it was a very comedic set of novels but the role-playing game was was also comedic going going that way as opposed to the um um the existential horror of actual call of cthulhu right. about a secret government um spy network called the laundry as opposed to the circus <laughs> who dealt with you know myth um not mythological mythos related um yeah incursions into the world um at some point cubicle seven had the cthulhu license taken away from them and uh, or, or 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 gave up the cthulhu license i don't know um which it was and uh, anyway one of the victims of that was um the laundry files game disappeared but that's coming back they've announced a new second edition cool. and it's coming with its own system which i I've seen some stuff about, but I haven't actually seen it officially or read anything official about it. So um, I won't say anything about it in case it's just conjecture from from fans. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, I know nothing about it. I, I'm, I hadn't been... Uh... At this point, you're meant to guffaw and that's surprised. <laughs> So I'm trying to evolve on from that. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm thinking loudly and acting intrigued. <laughs> right. Okay. I now this is this is a time for me to guff for and act surprised because uh -huh. you have contributed a number of articles to the premier OSR fanzine, Gary's Appendix. <laughs> now I have to guff for and act surprised here because I didn't know that you were secretly playing a bunch of OSR games. Um, uh, well, I'm not. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, no, I'm not. So, um, 
I've yeah, so so um Jeff Jones, who uh actually came got in touch with me through the came podcast. Via me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um when I was first talking about being a freelancer and then invited me to write a couple of articles for the next edition of Gary's Appendix, the third one, which is which is up on Kickstarter as we speak. And um I was yeah, delighted to take that opportunity. So this one is um it's kind of focused on well, he said it was sort of a Halloween themed um episode, even though we're kind of issue. a bit a, yeah. a bit early. Uh yeah, issue, a bit early for that. So I, I did a couple well, of things. Hold on, it's kickstarting now, so it's gonna be um That's it's true. Probably be out by Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so I hadn't seen the ones before. Uh I hadn't looked at them, but I was more than delighted to to get involved. So I did um a couple of articles. One which is sort of a light-hearted look at death and rituals around death called A Brief History of Death. And uh, another one which was um, become a, will become a series, hopefully, called The Legends of the Supernatural, which, again, I was looking specifically into two or three things um, from British uh, sort of supernatural and folklore, possibly mm-hmm. leaning on some of the, some of the, some of the work I did for mythic britain and ireland but that didn't make the book um so yeah so that's cool and there's i think there's going to be eight or nine articles uh, in the edition and say two of them possibly even three there might even be a third one but two or three will be will be written by me and cool. yeah that, that was great fun writing those it was uh it was really good and um not having seen them before looking at the kickstarter the actual the, the zine itself looks lovely <laughs> I love the mm-hmm. the cover art of it, and um, the style looks really cool. And uh, yeah, so twenty three days to go on that. He's already hit his goal of fifteen hundred quid, so he's passed that, which is great. And um, yeah, as you know, I'm a I'm a great um, I'm a great expert on OSR stuff. Well, you um, are now, I, mate. I, I play it all the time, um, and say some of the stuff that I've done is more. More kind of setting, scene setting, and stuff rather than rules based. So it's uh, you, know, you can pick up and take it and add it to to sort of whatever game you like, really. So it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, um, go and have a look if you're interested. Gary's Appendix by Jeffrey Jones, and Jeff's a great guy. I'm really enjoying working with him. Um, I'm lucky enough to be doing another bit of work with him at the moment, um, which I'm not sure I can say much about at the moment. But it's again great fun. And um, yeah, long may that long may that continue. Excellent, well done. Um, and now, exciting news from the Critical Role crew. <laughs> they have heard that we, on behalf well, of Free League, you and are I are going to be at yeah, Dave you and, and I, <laughs> Dave and Matthew, are coming to MCM Comic Con in the XL in um, October. October, I can't remember exactly when, but I put the hotel. But um, uh, October the twenty sixth to the 29th, I think. Yeah, I think. And so or- they've decided to come too. Yeah, to meet us. Wow. Um, well, <laughs> they're doing a live show somewhere that isn't the Excel. Actually, um, I just threw that in flippantly. What are we going to be doing at the Excel, Dave? Well, I think we're we're running a store, aren't we? And with some demos is the plan. Yes. So, so this is slightly different from what we were planning with um, Insomnia, which we're now not going to be going to this year. Um, 
But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how 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 what kind of reception we get in that kind of you know in that kind yeah. of slightly different environment to the ones that we've been used to with with Dragon Meat and uh, you know Essen for you and um, and UK Games Expo. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I think we'll 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 sell a lot of games, particularly if we pile it high with Alien. If uh, The Walking Dead is out by then, then I think that will sell too. Yeah. Tales from the Loop, I think, might do some well. You know, what we've got to really push are the, are the sort of the own IPs, the, the, the licensed IPs, I think, this one, Blade Runner. I'm sure yeah. And so well. But also, we'll be, well, I mean, we'll be pushing all the games, but I imagine we should stock them, pile, pile the stock high with those licensed ones. Yeah, well, um, I think, well, I think with Comic Con, you will obviously get gamers going there, but you probably get a large proportion of people who aren't gamers, but who are yeah. huge fans of Blade Runner, Alien, Walking Dead. Exactly. You know. Exactly and that. We might well just pique their interest enough and say, yeah, join the gaming fraternity. Look at all the other conventions you can then go to every year. <laughs> Top plan. But also we'll be pushing Dragonbane and they've asked us to run um, some short uh, introductory Dragon Bane adventures that yeah. um, Thomas is currently writing. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that. Actually, I'm mm. getting quite excited by Dragon Bane because although okay. I didn't back it, people are pe backers have people who have backed it are receiving it now in their letterboxes and um, being quite excited. And I'm and some of that excitement and no FOMO because uh, mm -hmm. you know I know it's coming our way eventually because it always does. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, a little bit of uh, sort of, um, oh, what's the word? Secondhand excitement coming from, uh, okay. coming from everybody who's getting their copies now. I mean, how did you, how did you find it when we played it? Have you played it more than once? You might have done that. No, I played, I it, played, I played it, it exactly once. as long as you have, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed that, but I think it didn't, I didn't enjoy it enough to supplant Forbidden Lands. No. And, and for me, categorically, the, combat was too much of a grind yeah um yeah and the combat was deadly for our whatever we were in those pre those pre generated characters i don't know whether they were first level or whatever um you know yeah, so yeah uh, people people did die thomas i think died didn't he um in a heroic act of self-sacrifice he did yeah yeah i think he did um but yeah, I just felt for me the combat was grinding on a bit, and I, you know, when we get the full rules, I'll be interested to see whether Magnus was doing combat right. I assume he was, because you know he's a Dragon Bane. Yeah. Of, well, uh, well, and like, player, you know, and, and and Dragon Bane is is more leaning towards the, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons side than yeah. the Forbidden Land side. So inevitably, I guess combat might be a little bit more. Uh, and more involved like that. It's interesting, just as yeah. an aside, I've been seeing lately, there was a post on Facebook where somebody was talking about the, the oh, I don't know what it's called now, the Coriolis combat chapter. That oh, was yes. Re Co Coriolis Reloaded, called? I think. it's Reloaded, yeah. yeah. And um, saying, oh, yes, it makes combat more tactical and, and you know, presumably longer. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, I advised the person on it saying, um, saying, oh, should I should I use this or should I just go for the rules as written? And I said, go for the rules as written first. And if mm. you don't like that, when you think it's too quick or too deadly, whatever, then go for the try the other one. And I, and thinking about it, I I was I was in a um, cyberpunk game uh, with one of one of the guys, Chris, um, on our on our our home group 
is running, which I'm really enjoying. But again, the combat is old school and is very grindy. And our combat took kind of two hours to run. Mm. And it was it was great fun. I mean, there are, there are a lot of players, so that slows it down. But um, comparing that to the speed and the short, sharp shock that you get from things like Coriolis and Forbidden Lands, where the combat can be over in the pull of one trigger or the swing of one sword, I so much prefer that now because that's a bit more yeah. realistic. You know it going in. So you do, you know, like my character in Forbidden Lands, Tengrel, is a tank. He's designed to defend. So he can, mm-hmm. he can, he can cope with that a bit better than, than otherwise. But I've just deliberately designed to make him like that. Um, and I love it. I just love the fact that the combat is quick. And getting into games where the combat drags out, really, I, I was going to say, starts to bore me. And not so much bore me, but it does. I do feel the difference in a long drawn yeah. out combat as opposed to a quick and short, sharp one. Um, and especially um, when I last played D anD D, I'm not slagging off D anD D here, but when I last played it in the upper levels, it feels like monsters aren't more of a threat to you. They are simply people, or simply creatures with more hit points, so it takes longer. Mm. Whereas you know we had quite a long combat um, in the in the honey adventure. Um, the modified yes. mage adventure but there that was a real back and forth combat where you and tony were convinced that you might die in the middle and then you know you crack through and uh, beat him in the end yeah um so that you know there's a story a narrative in that combat which i sometimes don't see in the no. more hit pointy versions i mean that combat it even before the end of the first round of combat i was thinking we're gonna have to run and i'm not sure that we can escape yeah, <laughs> I was I was worried. I thought we were we'd really bitten off because we talked about shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we? And then we yeah, thought, yeah, you, let's you'd, do it. you'd kind of avoided. You, 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 yeah. You'd picked up on the vibes of that room and thought, tell you what, let's not go there. Yeah, let's search the rest of the place first. And that's yeah. great, and, and I love that. I think there is there is another thing. I guess D and D. If you can, so the the thing that I compare to D and D combat is World of Warcraft, where if you're raiding. Um, you are up against a, a, a big bad, a boss, who is going to have a lot of hit points and the fight might take you 10 or 15 minutes or even longer sometimes in game time to to complete. But then that that fight has tactics and you have to deploy certain tactics at certain times and do certain things. That's, that basically means that 15 minutes is intense excitement and fun because you're doing different stuff. It's not just like spamming one button to fire your magic missile at the guy and i think you know D could probably replicate that really well and i'm sure mm. it does in many games but it, like you say for you and me you know our experiences have been a bit more of the you know you've just got 10 times the number of hit points that we've got to grind through so you might yeah. as well you might as well have the fight but with one tenth of the hit points everybody yeah. <laughs> you know? um because all you're doing is extending it simply pure by 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 the statistics really yeah but yeah, I'm sure there are many D and D games out there, and many many bosses and many GMs who run fight boss fights like that. So you do have lots of things to think about, and you can't just say I'm going to hit. Oh, him absolutely! The, so damage. the last combat, in yeah. fact, in that campaign, the last dice roll in that campaign was a ridiculous stunt that my character did <laughs> involving you know a magic sword and a fancy spell and a dragon and leaping into the air and thank God rolling a natural twenty. Um, mm-hmm. And so, 
you know that was that was great and it wasn't it wasn't a grind uh, no. it was it was perfect um yeah uh, so you know a good gm can can definitely make make D not as bad <laughs> there i am slagging dnd off now sorry <laughs> i thought you might be <laughs> i tried not to no, well anyway, done. sorry. That's that. That is a little bit of a side. We've gone way off, and we're we're over um, our self-imposed time limit. Um, have you been involved at all in Modifius's captain's log? No, no, nothing at all. I've 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 offered my services to their Star Trek line, but um, I haven't haven't had anyone pick me up yet. So <laughs> they've been listening yeah. to you on this on this episode, slagging it off too much. <laughs> no, 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 I'm 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 becoming a convert to two D twenty. You know? Yeah, um, I, I I've got half a mind to get one of those books and to give it a go, but um, well, only half a mind. Somebody was saying, I don't know who it was. It might have been on our Discord, saying that the the stuff that you get in the Captain's Log solo book would be absolutely brilliant for a GM as like reference material and ta- interesting tables mm. and stuff to run for your normal Star Trek campaigns. So actually, it might be worth buying it anyway, just for the depth of of kind of background and content and and randomly generated stuff that um that would be useful for anyone's star trek campaign cool and it comes in four different covers uh for different areas of trek Mm. but i think the content is the same in all of them yeah um and so yes uh, i think so you obviously will be getting 1960s cover (laughs) and i might wait until the uh star trek discovery cover is remained in my local charity shop and then i'll buy that (laughs) No, no, I'm, 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 yeah, I could go as far as Next Generation. I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Next Generation now, having, having watched all of it. Um, but yeah, I'd like somewhere kind of in between original series and Next Gen in terms of look and feel. You know, yeah, Next there's, Gen, there's no Next sort Gen, of movie era. Um, no, TV yeah, show. exactly. Movie era would be a good one. Yeah. yeah, Next Gen feels a little bit too fluffy sometimes. Uh, yeah, original series is a little too sixties sometimes. Somewhere in the middle would be would be cool. You've got to, you've got to, you've just got to see Strange New Worlds. Yeah, Last I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, was like an episode of Terry and June, and it, but a funny episode <laughs> of Terry and June. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, I so, so what? The, so what? The the admiral was coming, and Captain Pike had lost his trousers. Is that what you're saying? N- <laughs> no, it was the racist mother-in-law is coming, and I've suddenly turned black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, no further spoilers. Uh, leave it. Leave it. I, I will. I will definitely watch it at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was hilarious and 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 good fun. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> um, uh, right. So that's right. Captain's log. Um, oh, uh, finally, of course, there's there's Blade expansions Runner. for Blade Runner. Yeah. Um. Are you are you are you picking them up? No, <laughs> no, neither am I. Um, so I mean, I think uh, so. And my my plan had always been: oh, if I was getting this game, I would only get the starter set, and then every boxed module. So I'm pleased to see there is another ah. boxed module coming up because I was promising said boxed module to all sorts of people when we were. Um, at um, UK Games Expo uh, without any confidence that I knew it was coming out at all. But another <laughs> one has come out. So I wasn't lying to everybody on the stand. 
Um, so are and, there yeah. two? Are there two new case files, or is it just the one? So no, there's one is a case file, and it's a boxed module, and the other one is a expansion, and this one focuses on the replicant rebellion. Yes. Right. So you get um, more detail about playing replicants and you also get to break out from the police procedural mode and, you know, potentially be on the other side of the law as well. Mm. I understand it. Yeah. So I think it's a big, I think it's quite an important expansion for yeah. people that were feeling that the police procedural was a bit limiting. But, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, that's a good idea. I like, I like you know, I think a lot of people would want to, you know, and possibly are playing replicants in their in their campaigns anyway. Well, um, I mean, you can yeah, but, of course play a replicant policeman. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, not not as a policeman. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm, I'll be interested to see that. Actually, I mean, I'm I'm probably never going to run Blade Runner. I say never. I've got no plans currently to run Blade Runner. I said I do want to. I do want to play it. And Tony's my brother's said he'll he'll run it at some point, which is great. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, so I'm I'm less interested in getting the case file, but I could be tempted in in looking at the replicant book. But I'm not going to mm. get it until some unspecified time in the future. Yeah, you're not rushing so. out there to pre-order. No, no, I won't do that. Brilliant. But no, well, but good, that, but good that they're doing more though, because certainly um, at UK Games Expo we did hear kind of overhear some people saying, "Oh, is it just a one-shot wonder? They've done their thing now. They're not going to do anything else with it." And we were like, yeah, said, we which were is saying, what I was trying to convince no, them. There is otherwise. more stuff coming, of course. There yeah. is, yeah. Um, and and here it is. Um, now th we're doing this in our lunch break, and I've got to get back to work, Dave. So, so have I. Um, shall we? Shall we introduce our interview? Yeah. So we uh, were approached by uh, the creative team behind Modern Verson, which will be coming to a free league workshop near you. You said in the interview or elsewhere. No, it'll be on drive through on the free league workshop. That's the only place they can sell it. Yeah, I realised that after the, after the event. Yeah, yep. Um, but here's an interview. So here we are in the Hammam again, and we've got a couple of uh, producers, publishers, writers in the Hammam this week. Uh, it's great to have on board um, Tom Murr or Tobias Kruger. Kruger? Kruger, yes. Yeah, okay. I can't do the I can't do the the R rolling thing. It's just something that Brits can't do if you weren't born with it. Uh, and um, and Dave Whitworth uh, from Darker Days Radio, Drunken Storyteller Podcast, and we've got you guys on to talk a little bit about your imminent um, publication, Modern Verson, which is going to be coming up on Drive Through RPG, I guess, and perhaps elsewhere very soon. Great to have you on the show, guys. Really nice to see you. Nice Thanks to be. <laughs> okay, the um the first thing that we normally do, just to get the ball rolling, um, I'm sure you've yeah, you're aware, you've heard it before, is we ask new people on the show to tell us a little bit about their life in gaming and how they've come to be where they are today. Um, so uh, Tobias, should we kick off with you? Yeah, we can. Um, well, I I consider myself to be a role player for a very long time. I did the math today and decided it must be around about 22 years. Um, I started playing 
the board game of D&D that was available at that time uh, with the still green Redgar on the front cover. And, okay, cool. And uh, our um, GM said he was running this game for uh, his son and me and he said, well, we could continue playing this board game or we could try something more involved. <laughs> and well, after exploring our first two dungeons, I was like, well, let's get more involved. And <laughs> uh, he picked up a copy of uh, the most famous German RPG, the Dark Eye, it's We've called. We've heard of that. English, I believe. Mm. Yeah, currently published by Ulysses Games. Um, and uh, I stuck to that one uh, for a very long time. Then played a little bit of Shadowrun and started GMing in my second year of playing RPGs. It was a very long time uh, until I dis uh, discovered there are actually other games than uh, The Dark Eye, Shadowrun, <laughs> and D&D. Uh, &D, and I found my first real uh, <laughs> RPG love, Changeling, the Lost First Edition. Uh, and okay. from there, I, I dived into a lot of fairy tale, folklore, horror games and uh, the indie world and uh, I got in contact with Red Moon Role Playing. We've heard of them too. A few years. The any nominated Red Moon Role Playing, I think, or no? The any winning yeah. twice. Yes. <laughs> You're saying any nominated, isn't there something you two just happened to uh, hmm. maybe have as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've got to possibly mention that, but now you've mentioned it, Dave. Uh, yeah, so we haven't recorded the, uh, the the beginning and end of the podcast yet, and I'm sure we might mention it in there too. We somewhere. mentioned it but, so, last week, Dave. We did yeah. mention it last time, but I'm sure I mentioned it again. Mm, okay, so, might be a bit of overkill. But, yes. <laughs> and we didn't, so I'd just like to point out to the listeners, we didn't plant that, we didn't ask Dave in advance to mention it or anything, but that was... Sure. Very I'll precinct of him. <laughs> it was very precinct of him that we wanted him to mention it, of course. <laughs> yeah, and and I did my first uh, podcast game with Red Moon Role Playing. I got two games of Changeling with them, and then the pandemic happened, and somehow I decided, well, let's let's try more online gaming because for my changeling and indie needs i had to use german online uh, platforms for role playing and with the pandemic i was like well let's let's go let's go english <laughs> <laughs> and i became a part of virtual horrorcon by gehenna gaming and um and the onyx path con mm. regularly mm. so i run games for them Ah, cool. And I ended up loving Vesson, and that's why I'm here. Hooray! Cool. We love people yes, who love Vesson. Nice. <laughs> so, David. So, Dave, how about you? Yeah, uh, gaming-wise, I have a very, very long history. Must be 
so god i must have been about maybe eight or nine um and i got my brother i should say got hero quest so that was yeah. that that was over 30 years ago um 32 years ago maybe something like that so i've been i've, I've been involved in gaming itself so games workshop warhammer and stuff since like the early 90s but role play you're, you're young you're young whippersnapper you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, hang on. No, early uh, eight years old. That would have actually been the eighties. Oh god, that would have been like eighty nine. Oh, Still, I'm going to stop thinking about data. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, like Warhammer and Games Workshop stuff since like the early early nineties. Um, I've been playing. Uh, high school, I tried to get people interested into role playing, but nobody wanted to do it. So I never actually really got into role playing in a way that I could, I could play. Um, mm. I did read a few books, like what the the original Warhammer Fantasy game. Um, I really wanted to play. There was always always wanted to play D and D. I've still very much not played D and D. Even okay. thirty years later, I've still <laughs> had like only three or four games of it. Um, but. I went to university in 2000 and there was a group of friends who got together and we started to play Vampire the Masquerade. So my first game was uh, second edition Vampire the Masquerade. Nice. And um, then I tried and then I got into playing a little bit of Mage the Awakening, not Mage the Awakening, Mage the Ascension, the big purple one, not the Chronicles, the World of Darkness version. I, yeah. never, I never remember which is which um played a bit of that and then i left the country for seven years um you didn't kind of, nothing you did wrong i hope <laughs> not escaping from anything no 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 i wasn't escaping <laughs> from anything no no shh, we don't talk about that okay. um spent spent some time out in, out in japan and touring asia for a couple of years played a load of more warhammer and stuff over there tried to get them involved in role-playing but language problems <laughs> a bit of a problem came back to the uk uh, and started so i played a lot of privateer press so iron kingdoms when i was in, J in japan iron kingdoms and hordes very big community over there mm -hmm. so i came back and went oh iron kingdoms rpg oh it's exactly the same as the tabletop game that's a really simple system damn you 5e um <laughs> So I started playing that with a load of friends. I got them into it, and we started, I played that for, for a fair few years. And uh, it kind of grew from there. And then when was it? Chris from Darker Days Radio got, got back in contact with me. Um, we were friends on Facebook ever since uni days. And then he just randomly got in contact with me. and says, do you want to come and do Warhammer RPGs on Darker Days Radio? And I'm like, of course. Yeah, I've not played them for a very, very long time. But yeah, sure, whatever. I can, I can talk crap about Warhammer for days. <laughs> so we then joined uh, Darker Days Radio, and then the obsession snowballed. Um, and I now have far too many books and far too many systems, and I've not read any of them. Um, and yeah, it kind of grew from there. Uh, doing Darker Days Radio for Warhammer, which got me involved in Chronicles and World of Darkness, got me involved mm. in horror RPGs, got me um to meet tom so with my folklore stuff <laughs> that i do so during podcasts during podcasts during lockdown i started up the the folklore podcast drunken storyteller where i just tell folk tales or i delve into mis um 
the academic side of folk tales, where they've come from, but also sometimes just telling the tales. Cool. So for Ge- Gehenna Gaming's VHC Virtual Horrorcon, we did a folk tale thing. Tom was there, and that's how I met Tom. And since then, um, we've had a really, really close relationship um, in RPGs and actually in, in life, we've become really good friends. And uh, cool. from that, he came and visited me in Germany last year, and we sat in the forest and wrote this book. Brilliant. That we're about to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, talking of this book, so... Um, so it's called Modern Versen. It's about horrific folklore in the digital age. So do you want to tell us a bit about the sort of inspiration behind that and why you chose to, to, to take a modern slant rather than choosing maybe another setting entirely? So, um, no, the, 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 ah, I, I, I want to answer so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Um, first of all, I love games with easy rules. I am a uh, eternal storyteller by choice. It's not like I I must do this. I love doing this, <laughs> but I like to have it easy on my brain so I can concentrate on on immersion, story, characters, and all the the really good shit. Yeah, <laughs> and so I love games that make this part. Uh, the the uh, actual mechanics part very easy for me, um, and Vessen does do this. It has a brilliant system for uh, creating mysteries. To it actually, it's one of the few games that I've read in the last time that actually helps uh, explaining to the storyteller how to create tension and, and gives mechanics and. Mm ideas and it's it's not just a toolkit it's a toolkit with instructions <laughs> uh, and not just some fancy RPG philosophy that I also like to read but yeah and it comes with easy to run rules and that's very good for my mind <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like I must be one and a half years ago that uh, I was approached to run two years, two years, probably that I was approached to run a game for a uh, RPG streaming community. And they asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I want to like to do Vassen. And then we were talking about what to do. And uh, somehow we ended up with, well, wouldn't it be a fun idea to have a generational play, like the same cast of people, and we would play one group of um, investigators in um, the original setting, and then we would play their inheritors in the Mm. modern day. Okay, cool. And it was like, this is fucking crazy. I I need to run this. <laughs> and from there, we were like, well, we need we need new archetypes because some of the old ones don't do it today anymore. A lot mm. of them are easy to convert or actually just take yeah. and copy paste them. It's it's pretty easy, uh, but. Uh, a few were were difficult to adapt and i was like well 
we, we could just make up some new ones. And I started typing away a few uh, archetypes and uh, our um, uh, arts wizard, uh, Eva, um, joined me on that quest and wrote a few too. And it was like, well, okay, now we have to discuss how the society would be today. And, and what's the difference between today and then? And, and did the Vessen change? I mean, the Vessen core book is, goes on about, well, the world is changing and there is a lot less space for mm. the Vessen. And there is an implied meta plot about these events. And um, I mean, if you uh, have listened to the stories of the Lost Mountain Saga, it is one of the core themes over there as well. And in yeah. so many of the pre-written adventures, something must have happened in the meantime. Mm. And at some point we realized, well, we can just make further notes and notes and notes or we can organize this shit and <laughs> and get it in a cohesive form to a um, to a version that you could actually use to run your games with mm. yeah Excellent. cool cool um so uh i took let's talk a little bit about those archetypes because i'm kind of intrigued some of them make obvious sense and a very much a world a modern world i mean i think uh your social media influencer um you know <laughs> it's like those crazy people that do folklore podcasts and end up uh <laughs> you can imagine them trying to track down a verson in the woods so so i can i can see that um that was me last night uh and again i um uh i haven't i haven't kind of gone into each of them in detail but you know, things like a therapist on one side and a modern witch on the other side, they seem to yeah. to really be part of the, you know, the scene now, as it were. Um, I'm intrigued, though, by Cat Burglar, which feels to me a little bit of a, a I don't want to call it a dated concept, but uh, there was there was a period of fiction, um, 19th century period of fiction, where we started seeing cat burglars and, and second story men and that right through up until the 50s maybe the 60s but yeah i, I don't particularly equate them with the uh with this century I, i'd love to know what, what brought the cat burglar into this uh <laughs> into this book <laughs> well um i i can i can point at a tv show <laughs> Uh, leverage. Oh, right, yes. And there we we got our uh, action hero thief characters that actually break in into places. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, the design concept behind the archetypes were, was I basically want for each main skill one archetype. Right. And we needed a stealth character. And, yeah. and you didn't want to make I, him a, a special forces soldier or anything daft like that, because we've already got the That's officer. the point. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got rid of all fighting or, or mainly fighting characters. We have a very short section in the beginning of the book uh, explaining we 
believe strongly that investment violence can happen, but is never the solution. And with the world being a very special place right now, we didn't feel right to include any. Yeah, any overtly. Anything yeah. that pushes yeah, the story we, down that route. Yeah, we had very long discussions about about this because I think there was at one point there was a soldier archetype. There was a, a layout for it, and we were just like, no, no, we're not going to do that. that no. That's not right. That's not how we play the game, and it's not how we want to portray the game. And obviously, with everything that's going on, it's not what I think should be thrown out there. So, yeah, um, we did spend a long time discussing. I've that. got to say, there is and there I is think... a certain player in in the group that I run who who does most of his therapy by gunfire, Dave. Um, so <laughs> I don't. I think I fired the gun once. I think you fired it in both adventures. No, I think no, I remember no, you no. tripping. I, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna qualify this. My my character is a butler, <laughs> and he's a, he's a butler to one of the other characters. It's a fabulous character. I absolutely love it. And um, called called Magnuson, hmm. and he has a pistol. I'm not quite sure why. I guess for for his lady's defence. And I fired the gun once in uh, the the silver sea. The silver of the sea, yeah. Secret? Silver of the Sea, when um, uh, one of the other characters was being hypnotized and was walking into the sea to her death with the mermaid. So I used the gun to nick her to try and shake her out of it. Okay, there was a risk <laughs> involved, but it worked. It absolutely worked. And then in the second one, there was a horrible monster that was chasing Church us. Grimm, and um, I, Wicked Secret. And I, and I and we had this lovely moment where I told everyone, run, I'll deal with it. And I stood with my gun. And as it came around the corner, I went, okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I was going to shoot it, but I didn't. So I fired once. Right. I think once, somebody else might have picked that gun up and tried to shoot it. I think Millie's character might have done that. I'm Maybe. a bit confused. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway yeah. the, the general principle of trying to tell people that shooting things, particularly in the modern day, is, um, is a good one, a worthy one. Mm. Yeah, and we are not against characters picking up close range combat. You can, for sure, punch people, buy a gun, get the skills, do this. It, there's there's still room for violence in modern Western. It's just not. We want to have characters that are defined by their archetype mm. with with violence. Yeah. Well, I guess if you changed it and made it more combat focused it wouldn't really be versing anymore would it because it'll have lost you just you'd some be running magic aliens, basically mm. I, I feel or like if you want to do like modern versing with guns Cthulhu or something yeah, yeah. something like that Delta Green yeah I've got to say I love retail worker by the way I just wanted to uh, you know give <laughs> a shout out to the shop staff having um, having been a retail worker myself as well so it's good to see that there What's but you said each one is is uh, tied to a particular skill. So what's what's the retail worker's core skill? I must have been able to... It is manipulation because you really have to know how to get through your day without being carried all the time, <laughs> and to to get people the things that. They it's need instead not of manipulation. What they it's they understanding their needs and giving them the right product for their needs, <laughs> <laughs> or telling them what Matthew the right product for their deep, needs is. 
Yeah. You think you want this, but really, <laughs> this more expensive version is the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not what I've meant. Talking which, are you coming to Essen? Yeah, Essen, uh, Essen, uh, um, Essen, Spiel. Essen Spiel, I should Essen say. Spiel. Yeah. yeah, every okay, year. Excellent. Come and see us on the free league stat. Come and see me. Actually, Dave's not coming. But um, now I've I have a prior engagement, sadly. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm not going to be this side of the ocean. I'm well, that... moving to the other side of the ocean. So. <sighs> David will miss ah. you, but Tom, moving. I, I'll, uh, I'll I'll sell you. I don't know Twilight Two Thousand or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, you can, so you can like fold that into your next verse and expansion is that it <laughs> yeah that's verse and the machine gun years yeah. isn't that hell boy <laughs> yeah it could be could be yeah this off the trenches now um i gotta say i'm very much enjoying the front cover um tell me tell me david about the front cover <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so we we'll start with the nice story we've actually so tom knew someone um a friend called ever who helped write some of the the, the characters not the characters the archetypes mm -hmm. for the book but they're also an artist there and so we we asked them we was like would, would you mind doing some some art for the book and they're like yes 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 and so we had a load of uh this and written and said could you do one for each of these and so we've got pictures for each of the vessel in there all new hand art, all new artwork so we've not taken them from anywhere every every picture in there is actually provided by ourselves so it's all Excellent. good oh, one exception yeah i used oh. some uh free uh, uh oh yes there's some woodcut stuff in, yeah from a uh eastern european um image by jan someone or other of czechoslovakia fairy tales 1990. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. i was just Matulka. looking at that right now and i was about to contradict yeah. you but uh, tom beat me to it so go <laughs> let's not spoil david I've looked, I've looked at this book recently yeah. honest honest <laughs> but yes so we we thought we were ready to 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 kind of publish the book we we we'd done all, most of the editing we'd done all the layout we're just doing the final tweaks to it and so we thought right, let's put an advert out or on all the social medias. Let's put the front page, front cover out, which has this wonderful, wonderful, creepy picture on it. Really nice. One of the, one of our favorite images that ever did for us. And so we put it up, loads of likes, loads of people loving it. And then one comment in, in the Facebook group said, is that Slender Man? And we went, yes. He said, you do realize that's under copyright? <laughs> oh, no. And we went, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Madly panicked for a few days as we were trying to work out what the copyright is, where it is, who owns it. Can we do this? And the current answer is it's possibly owned by Sony. Mm, yeah. Mm. By a okay. Sony subsidiary. No, the subsidiary company. doesn't exist anymore. That doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah. Right. So, so this is why it's possibly reverted to Sony. So there's this whole okay. back, there's this whole weird convoluted legal thing that happened because it turned into a movie. Um, I forgot the name of the guy who created it, but he sold it for sold it off um, now, and so it's actually you can't use Slenderman as as a money making scheme. Mm -hmm. 
And right. so, yeah, um, that picture that is on, on the Facebook uh, pro post in the Vesson group, that, that is probably the only place you'll see that image. Um, it is no longer going to appear. And we do have a replacement. We, we, we madly panicked for a week and have, have written up a new, a new replacement for that. I don't know if Tom wants to talk about the new one or not. Yeah, there's all all, all of the uh, the vests and have all their individual artwork, and it's just it was a, it was a very very rapid brown pants moment and very much quick shit. How do we fix this? Um, so if anybody's listening who has anything to do with the copyright, it's not being when we're, we're not using we, no, we're not. <laughs> you, you have cease and desisted before you've been asked to cease and desist. Yes, yes. Well, you've got, yes. you've done your due diligence, David, haven't you? You've done your due Absolutely, diligence, yeah. and this was an early draft, and it no longer exists. That's exactly yes. what loads of lawyers do and stuff like that. You're fine. You're fine. We, we did spend, yeah. Um, it was it's weird because we did spend a long time going through a lot of it, going because there were some other characters that I wanted to do within it that I knew were likely to be under um, under license somewhere, and I spent ages looking to see where the licenses were and whether I could bring these things into it. Ninety percent of them were under license, so I couldn't do them. Mm. And it's mm. just Slenderman. We just kind of let it slip because it was we know we know it's creepy pasta. We know it's out there on the internet and it's being used regularly in in, in social media and stuff like that. So it's like I think it just kind of slipped our minds. On and that of course, one. the whole story of Slenderman yeah. is it's an urban legend, isn't it? I mean. Everybody yeah. within the film thinks it's an urban legend before he actually appears. Yeah. So, um, but it was created in 2011 or 2009. I can't remember. Mm. But it was it. There's a. It was done for an online competition, um, <laughs> with a creepy photo, and it just kind of gained gained momentum from there. And uh, now there's the movies because there's movies. It's therefore copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really silly. <sighs> mm. Oh well. You can ignore yeah. that. You can look at all the other wonderful um, versions that we've got in there. A whole host of new creatures. Okay. Can yeah. you can you give us some hints without necessarily spoiling it for the people who are going to purchase this or drive through, and more importantly for their players? What can you tell us about some of these Ooh. ones? Because um, I can blurt out some names right now, but you don't want me to do that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, if you go down to the woods today, you'll have a big surprise. Teddy bears. Yeah. So, so there's some teddy bears. <laughs> okay, that's one. Well, actually, I think I think that's on covers three that I can think of at the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. 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 So, um, one of the things that we are doing in this book is. Um, it is about change and how the world has changed and the vessel changed with it. We start yeah. with a story about Jenny Green Teeth, yeah. who changed so much that she and probably we wouldn't recognize her anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's something we carried along through the book. And we, we got some different kind of vessels at this point. We got those who were still like in the storybooks. Some of them are still there and some of them have become wardens of sacred or magical places where they, by, by the stories surrounding them, maintained the ways. And then there are others who transformed like Jenny Greentooth, uh, Jenny Greenteeth, and um, became something else. Mm -hmm. And 
I, uh, as we as we were writing them, we picked uh, some of the core characteristics that were important to us for this creature of Vesson. And then we looked, is there a, um, is there an, um, something similar nowadays or how would this express nowadays or how does this change? And this led to some very awesome new creatures um, that started at something like, we have got a very new version of the lindworm. Mm -hmm. And if you yes. saw the picture or read most of the text, you wouldn't guess it was the lindworm before, but it became something else. And it's something that you would associate with big cities nowadays and mm. maybe Neil Gaiman. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, oh, um, and I, uh, something that I picked up during, uh, the mythic north time of Victorian Sweden uh, was the idea of a vessel that isn't a, a moving talking creature as much as it is maybe a sentient book mm. or okay. a enchanted weapon with an own legend and an own agenda to it. Mm. And we took a, a vessel that's, I don't know, I think it's in the core book, um, that leads people astray and manipulates them into traps. And we gave it some... We gave it a very modern twist. Very mm. modern. And you wouldn't necessarily say it is a creature anymore. Actually, I, I, we say modern, like the way we've portrayed it in, in the book is, is modern, but you can still take this. And you, I remember this kind of idea as a concept when I was very young. Letters. So in the 80s. Mm. Are we talking? I, I think that, I think I know the one we're talking about. And I, I remember you. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Say no more. So <laughs> it. it Yes, yeah, so it's a modern concept that you can also maybe sh quite easily shift from the modern times into other times backwards mm. quite easily. So we got an example conflict in letter form. Mm. So yeah, it is definitely doable. And then, mm -hmm. then there is one uh, one vessel that's very traditional, in a sense that just. The, uh, the the living area changed a lot, so they they got trouble with that. But they are very much like the spirit from the woods. Mm -hmm. That uh, I I I might expand on that one later. <laughs> it's there, there are there are some in there that we we we've we've taken some new ideas and new concepts where we've looked at the old the the, the original core book and transformed them into something new. We've also put in some actual folklore creatures as well. So mm. we've we've gone through. So I'm English, so I've, we've taken some. I took some ideas that I knew from English folklore that was not included in Mythic Britain and added them in. Tom, being German, has included a, a few a few German treats for us in there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's even one who is a very friendly character you might meet down the pub. Just don't look under the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now, it's very interesting because I was reading through them uh, earlier on today and, again, with no spoilers, I was kind of ticking off the the kind of the modern stories or modern films where actually mm. 
I could pick out where some of those verse and white might actually apply in some films that I've seen in the in the last few years, and thought that's really quite cool. It's a very nice take on on the verse and, but splitting it squarely in a sort of twenty twenty kind of context, which I thought was really cool. Now I also flicked through the book, and I must admit I haven't read it in great detail. There don't appear to, there doesn't appear to be a modern day adventure in the book. You've got the version, you've got the archetypes. Um, is that intentional for the final version, or is that something you're keeping hidden from Dave and I? <laughs> and me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you. So, <laughs> uh, so Dave, I, next week we need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I... I have to say I am I am very honored and thankful for having a team that is looking out for my mental health who is telling me stop I've <laughs> <laughs> already done a yeah. lot of things yeah. and every every line you're going to write need to be edited mm -hmm. twice because I I am German and English my English is it, it gets better but I but I need my editors. Mm. And uh, also, it, it's not healthy. After some time, you should say, well, it is what it is. I, I have the beginning of a modern Vessen adventure on, on my hard drive right now. I, I am definitely going to write that one. And since I know it is lacking from the, uh, from the book, it will be there for a very low, low, low price or free or maybe pay what Never you want. Never free. So, put a value on it, mate. Put a value on it. Always <laughs> put a value on your work. Uh, sorry, that's, that's a separate rant. Um, but I did just want to touch on <laughs> mental health because I do like... In your opening paragraphs, yes. uh, right here on page two, uh, a list of people you can go to, or places, or organisations you can go to. Support yeah. organisations, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a very good I idea. I think that, that, that's, that's really good to see there. I think, um, given the you know, given the content we're dealing with here, and the fact we're dealing with yeah, it in the modern age, in the now. Because not, not just Tom... Tom's own mental health because he just kind of like was streaming all this stuff out. It's like, you know, Tom, take a step back. Real life, real life. <laughs> we all know that everybody also suffers from like the last couple of years have been hard for a lot of people. Um, we've put in the character the therapist mm -hmm. as well as a as a playable archetype, and we've put we've put warnings throughout it about like this is how we this is how you should treat these characters. This is not an excuse to do bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, be be aware that yeah. people are people, and people all have feelings. And uh, if you need the help, there's some places you can go to help. Um, I can fully recommend one of them at least. So, yeah. Also, very important note: if you are not a therapist, don't try therapy on your friends. And even if you are a therapist, don't do therapy on your friends. The yeah. therapist archetype is not there to do some mental scheming or whatever with your friends. It is for in-game purposes. <laughs> it is not there yeah. for anything it's not else. not an excuse. Yes. No. Excellent. Well, I think you're taking the right attitude there, Tom, in terms of stopping. Well, you've got a good, a good bit of product here. Put this out. Tom doesn't want to stop. We're making yeah. him stop. <laughs> Right, your colleagues and the people who love you, the people that surround you, have got the right attitude. Get 
get this out and if that you know it will prove probably there'll be people coming back saying i want an adventure now do us an adventure and you can say i've got one half written hmm. and then you can sell it not give it away free sell it <laughs> but so how far are you so how far are you from um, getting this published what's your plan over the next few weeks it is basically getting the uh the last vessel which is the replacement for slenderman yeah. finally edited and having just a few minor tweaks in the layout i noticed one of the numbers is off and something mm -hmm. i i have to do just some tiny tweaks and after that and of course getting the artwork that will probably take the longest time because i'm not gonna harass my artist mm -hmm. So when, um, when do you hope to uh, to have it up on drive through and when could people start looking to go and buy it? That, that's a hard <laughs> thing. For it. It's, okay. it, it, it's it's reliant on 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 the art coming through, and um, yeah. the artist is has their own life. They've just started a new job and things, so we can't really put a a, a date on it. We would ideally hope within within a month, but right. yeah, cool. Cool. Unfortunately, well, make sure make sure you let us know when you do get your your date of release, and we will plug it on the podcast, yeah. of course. Let everyone and know. and send yeah. them back to this episode so that they can listen to the interview again and catch up on how good it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so we won't uh, uh, harass you for that. We won't we won't come. <laughs> I can imagine Dave on the World of Gaming would say, and it's still not out. Modern version is still not out. <laughs> they'll have to rename Only it if... early 20th century uh, 21st century version <laughs> but um we won't harass you won't do yeah, anything. I, mean, I mean we can we can hardly joke seeing we've been doing tales of the old west for about four and a half years now and we haven't got yeah. it close to being no. produced no. so i'm not gonna i'm yeah. not gonna talk about the number of projects that i've, I've got started that are uh yeah yeah years old <laughs> Well, it's been a real... Well, sorry, I, I haven't got any other questions. Dave, has you got any other questions you want to ask these people? Um, now, I think the only thing I would mention was that, um, on the headquarters, um, on my brief look through, you're st you still sort of refer to the idea of a castle as the headquarters. Did you have any other thoughts about what you might have done or could do in future to sort of make that a bit more contemporary, perhaps? Or was it something about the castle that was so vast and that you wanted to keep it? in in my case it is just like i love the castle <laughs> that's a good <laughs> answer that's a good answer is any absolutely we, we, we kept the castle are... because the castle is vessel but yeah yeah then the, the the rooms and the upgrades that you can put into it are modern yes um, then there may have been an accident with a with a fire breathing lizard at some point so um you might have to rebuild it yeah. <laughs> there may have been okay <laughs> cool i cool. also i will mention while no. we're talking about that i was thinking about putting wi-fi in your castle as one of your upgrades but i do like your comment about modern technology and how smartphones aren't smart enough to believe in verston i think that's a lovely <laughs> a lovely touch yes <laughs> i mean it is a little bit tricky with um, the characters being Thursday's children and having the sight, and there are many people who don't, but somehow through trauma you can gain the sight, and it, it just takes basically the sight to, to recognize something. 
So a person with the site could make out VASN activity on video footage, mm. but a, a, a physical sensor wouldn't be able because it doesn't have the site. I understand that entirely, entirely. Cool. It's been a real pleasure talking to you both, uh, David and Tom. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coming on. Do work hard, but don't work too hard. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're looking forward to being able to promote it when it comes out on Drive Through RPG. Yeah, and it's a lovely, lovely book. Thank you for uh, giving us the chance to have a, you know, a, a sneaky peek at it and uh, the chance to talk That's to you great. about it. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Well, we're yeah. rushed for time this episode, so um, probably doesn't feel it. Seeing we've probably got an hour and twenty minutes content nearly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, have we got any plans for a couple of weeks' time? I don't think we do at the present. Um, it's your turn to do something, seeing I did... Uh, it probably is, yeah. Writing I'll think of something. Um, I'll think of something while I'm on holiday in Cornwall. But yes, so next time, um, we'll think of something for Matthew to talk about. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it, whatever it might be. But I think that's probably enough for us for today, as we both have to go back to work. So it's uh, goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. May the icons bless your adventure. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music, stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.